Hey there, sports fan. Welcome to the Draft Site Podcast, your home for all professional sports drafts. Brought to you by DraftSite.com, the original full round mock draft site. Now let's get to the show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a little bit had our podcast, but I'm here, DJ Boyer, but more importantly, I am joined by the one, the only, Zach Gutierrez. Good evening, Zach. It's nice to be back. It's been a while. I got a lot to say. Lots and lots and lots to say. And with tonight, it's basically we're just going to be going through the first round, kind of giving our possibilities here, maybe uh, different assessments for each team, uh, maybe some other players who could maybe sneak into the rounds a little bit later. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of take it that way, but we're, we're just going to start this right off the bat. We're going to give you each of our takes. And, of course, Tennessee is at the top of the draft. Now, before we get to the first pick, the one thing I want to get out, though, is what do you think it would take for Tennessee to trade out of this first pick? And do you think there's any realistic shot, Zach, that anyone is moving into this number one spot? I think when you have two quarterbacks near the top of the board, there's always going to be a chance. I know they're on record saying they would take a King's ransom, but, I mean, anybody, anytime uh, an NFL front office leaks something to the media, you can take it with a grain of salt. Uh, I mean, anything is a possibility. Um, but I mean, it is the first overall pick, so it would have to be it would have to be something enticing. But it's, it, I would say it would it would be out of the realm of possibility if there wasn't two quarterbacks that you know two teams could fall in love with. Agreed. And you know Cleveland's going quarterback second, you know, so like it's it would be to jump Cleveland if somebody liked a quarterback enough. Yeah, which is why I think it's going to take too much. I think if we're going to see a team trade anywhere, I still think it's number three. I think it's going to be the Chargers. One of those quarterbacks is off the board. And we're going to say, okay, well, it's likely going to be Wentz, but who wants golf enough to kind of jump the 49ers or the 49ers? They could get spooked enough where we see the 49ers actually moving to the three hole. That's a distinct possibility as well. Yeah, we're going to get this started. At it. Other, than, other than the 49ers, I mean, everybody else seems to have a, uh, have a pretty solid quarterback. Eagles might not, but then it would take somebody like Los Angeles to move that high up, you know, to take the, the number one overall pick, which I, I, I think it's unlikely. Agreed, agreed. Let's just jump right into the fray, and I will let you take it first. Tennessee, where are they going with it? I think they got to go with Laramie. Uh, you draft a quarterback last year. He showed promise. But you got to get the tackle to protect him. If they don't go him, I say they go Bosa. I know that uh, Bosa's younger brother wore a Tennessee hat to the uh, to his pro day, uh, and one of the and one of the Titans uh, executives mentioned something to him like it was a good move. But I, I say it's either Bosa or, or, or Laramie, and I, I go with Laramie because we're fresh off a quarterback that's that's as frail as Mariota. I'm not saying frail literally, but like just in terms of his build. And I mean Mariota took a beating last year, so I mean. It's, they go hand-in-hand hand having a, somebody to protect the blind side, so I think you got to go Laramie. Not to sound unoriginal, but I think that's where they got to go. Well, I'm going unoriginal, too. I think that's where they're going. I think Bosa's a possibility. But I, I think Jalen Ramsey's a possibility, too, just because they're looking for a more physical presence back in that secondary. The most physical presence they've had has been Michael Griffin, and he's been terribly inconsistent. So uh, I think uh, Ramsey remains in play as well, but I think you, you, you have it exactly right. You've already got another tackle uh, you took uh, from Michigan a couple of years ago. You, you spent so much um, in in – yeah, thank you, Taylor Lewan. Took my cue as I was searching for his name. A couple of uh, guards that uh, you've got few uh, free agency in the draft. Just need another tackle, and, and I think that it's really just going to go a long way to shoring up that line in front of Mariota because you're right, he took a beating last year. And it's not just Mariota. I mean, they have DeMarco Murray now too. So, I mean, like, it's just somebody to – 
to protect their playmakers. And you know you're not taking a wide receiver first overall. So, I mean, I think to me he's almost a no-brainer. I would agree. So we're going to move to number two. I'll take this. Uh, well, we'll kind of alternate with um, – we'll give you odds with the first, and then I'll, I'll right. start with I like the it. evens. So uh, Cleveland, and I think, as you mentioned, quarterback, and I keep patting myself for this one. I don't always get them right, but I've been screaming about Carson Wentz for about a year and a half, and uh, it, it's good that he has moved up as far as he has. And, and I do believe in this guy. I really think right system, right right place. I don't know if that's Cleveland, but this guy's every bit as good as Andrew Luck coming out of college. I've been on record saying it. He's got everything you're looking for, so I'm going Carson Wentz at two to Cleveland. All right. Uh, it really depends on who they pick. I mean, who uh, who you Jackson prefers. I would not be surprised if they took either Ramsey or Bosa if one of them was available. Uh, Jalen Ramsey is, is is a secondary talent that we probably haven't seen somebody on his level since probably Patrick Peterson in terms of versatility, size, speed. Bosa, uh, you know, coming from Ohio State would I mean wouldn't have to move forward. Definitely the Cleveland fan bases knows about him. But I'm still I'll always be on record saying uh, I like golf more than Wentz. Uh, I, I watched the combine, I watched it closely, and uh, the big hands were the only thing that worried me about, uh, the small hands were the only thing that worried me about golf, but like you watch him, his intermediate accuracy, he's on another level in terms of accuracy. It's, uh, to me, it's just not even close uh, in terms of accuracy, and he's just, to me, the the perfect franchise quarterback for Cleveland, especially. Exactly what Cleveland needs. Like like he said, uh, he'd be a good fit for Cleveland because he, he came in and played, started as a freshman on a very, very bad Cal team. So he definitely has experience taking licks. Uh, I know everyone has Carson Wentz, and I, and I applaud you for that because you were talking about Carson Wentz when nobody was talking about Carson Wentz. But as you, you could probably go back and listen to the podcast since last year, I've been talking about Jared Goff. You know, been, I've been laughing at Hacken, in Hackenberg's face you for have. four years now. Uh, but I've been a high on Jared Goff for a very, very long time. I like I like everything about him. And the hand size worries me a little bit, especially for Cleveland, because uh, it does make a difference. It really does. But, I mean, he's he's talented and incredibly accurate. If you watch the combine, the intermediate passing, he was significantly better than once. Agree. I think he's got a little too much Brett Favre in him, too. Really trying to squeeze some balls into some unnecessary uh, unnecessary holes there. But... Then again, when you've got that kind of arm talent, it's good that he has so much confidence in himself. He does carry himself well. And you got to remember, you're coming from a family. His father was a major uh, major league baseball catcher so um, uh, as well. So, uh, if it's me, I take off. If family. it's me, I take off, for sure, with Cleveland. And, and just, just for the pure fact that he took a beating at Cal his freshman year, it was almost tough to watch. And, and whoever's going to step into that role is going to take a beating. I think with Wentz, and not because he lacks the skill set, because you said it, in terms of just intangible, he's up there with with uh, Andrew Luck. But I say you go back to what teams seem to not do anymore. But uh, I mean, uh, you got McNown, who can who is serviceable. Uh, I'm not sure if you want to throw Wentz in, uh, you know, into the AFC North to get eaten alive. But uh, if it's me, I go golf all day. It's where quarterbacks have gone to die. So we've talked about yeah. San Diego. I I think this is the perfect team to trade if anyone's going to trade. The San Diego State's put at three. Where do you have them going, Zach? Uh, I'm looking at uh, the drafts. I love, I love Ramsey. Ramsey and Bosa, Bosa are the two elite players. And, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll never argue with Ramsey. People say, you know, it's a, it's a little high for anybody in the secondary, but it's not. I mean, he is he's incredible. And if for some reason uh, somebody trades up and, and Laramie is there, uh, I mean, that's another way they could, that's another way they could go, but I, I go Ramsey and it, it, pretty much everyone's starting to go Ramsey in the, with this three slot. 
It has to go Ramsey, and I think there's been a lot of speculation, too, with Eric Weddle actually being cut now, being a Baltimore Raven, that maybe he's the, the face of the secondary. And, again, this is a team that don't quite know what the future holds. The Rams have already moved, or is San Diego next? So um, I think uh, getting someone on defense like that that they can kind of look at to also be a, a piece that is, that is going to be a leader down the road as Ramsey was at Florida State, I think that, that, that goes a long way. And we've been talking about Joey Bosa. I'm going to put him at four for Dallas. Dallas has really just been lacking that elite pass rusher since they've let uh, DeMarcus Ware go. They got a little bit out of DeMarcus Jackson. He shows some flashes. Of course, the Greg Hardy experiment has, has not gone as planned. So I think in this scenario, Joey, Joey Bosa's on the board. I think they jump all over him. Miles Jack, I've had him in a few mocks. It's a possibility. We've, we've seen how many man games they've lost with with Sean Lee and, and, and some of the other linebackers there. that I think Jack makes sense as well. But I think Bosa, again, he's, he's, he's the best overall talent in this whole draft. He's, he's been number one, the number one prospect, I believe, all year long. So I think Dallas doesn't waste any time. They're probably running up to the podium to make that selection. You know, this is interesting to me because, I mean, uh, you know my affinity for the Buckeyes. But I'm telling you, Bosa was not the best player on the Buckeyes. And I know it's really, really high to draft a running back. But – you want to talk about a slam dunk fit. Ezekiel Elliott could lead the league in rushing next, in rushing next year if he's on the Dallas Cowboys. I know four is too high, but he's creeping up forwards. I see that you already got him at eight going to Philadelphia. Uh, if, if, if they don't take Bosa and, and they don't fall in love with one of the quarterbacks who may be there, I, I, to me, Ezekiel Elliott is just a slam dunk for the Cowboys. He's perfect. He puts him, it's a team that needs to win right now. And I think he puts that offense I mean, an already elite offense into like the stratosphere in terms of offensive talent. He was—he's the best Buckeye I've ever seen in terms of everything: pass blocking, run blocking, catching it out of the backfield, and obviously running the ball. The bigger the game, the better he was. The bigger and better and faster the defense was, the better he was. He—he's—he's uh, he's the best Buckeye, and and like I said, Dallas with that offensive line, it would be crazy. He would be if Dallas takes him in the in fourth overall. I'm telling you, he's a first two round pick fantasy football player next year. Well, he's, he's very, very easily could lead the league in rushing. We've seen rookies do that before. That's not unheard of. It may be the easiest position, not that any position is easy to learn at the NFL level, but for a running back to come in, it's one of the ones you can acclimate yourself to faster than any other. I think there's no secret Dallas is going running back somewhere in the first two days, in the first three rounds. They probably talked to more running backs than, than any, so... Either they're kind of disguising that, that Elliot is this pick, um, or just because they've talked to so many running backs, uh, kind of like the second tiers, uh, Devontae Booker, Kenneth Dixon, Paul Perkins. There's been a host of running backs they've talked to. But don't put it past the Cowboys as it being kind of a smokescreen. They're in that, that territory where I mean, it's not a surprise. Here I just have them thinking that they need some help along the defensive line. They can still get a very, very good running back in like a Kenneth Dixon or a Devontae Booker or something of that nature. But obviously it's a huge, huge need slam dunk. Anybody that gets Ezekiel Elliott is going to be quite happy. Um, so at five, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they seem to be routinely picking this high. Where would you have Jacksonville going at five? Uh, assuming Bose is there, I go Bose. I know they kind of addressed their need on the defensive line, but he's from Florida. Anytime you get a, a really versatile, disruptive pass rusher and, and a team that really just – was pathetic on defense. Uh, he got to go with him. So, uh, I mean, assuming Bosa is available, he's a slam dunk at five. That's a team that's running up, you know, to get Bosa. Absolutely. They would be running up to get Bosa. It fills the need. 
And I really think Gus Bradley, this is the guy that's on the hot seat. He's, we've liked what he's done. It, it just seems like they take baby steps, steps, but I think this is the year where all bets are off. The Jags really have to be competitive, especially in a, in a division that's so weak. I think they got to be around 500 to get out of the gate strong, or my money could be on Gus Bradley being the first coach that we hear actually being fired during the season. And I like Gus yeah, that's Bradley. A, that's an interesting division. That. But uh, I, I think he's really got to get out of the gate, so I think he's really got to get someone who's going to make a difference right away. And I think Bosa would be that. That's what they were looking for Dante Fowler last year. And, of course, his first year as a Jaguar, I believe, lasted 20 minutes before he tore his ACL. And the very first uh, drills that they had wasn't even really a contract contact drill. So Fowler, of course, it happened early enough where he should be fine. You pair him with Bosa, I'd be great. Now, of course, in my uh, in the latest uh, mock 15.0, we had Bosa off the board. Miles Jack just being the more the most versatile uh, guy. Pro- I think probably the best athlete in the draft. Maybe not the best player, but just overall athletic ability. Jack's really got it, and I, I think there's a number of teams that he would fit quite nicely in. But I agree. I think Bosa, if he's there, is the pick. But in my scenario with him gone, I think Jaguars go Jack. So brings us to six with the Baltimore Ravens, and they're they're a team that they really kind of just draft usually best player available. It's not necessarily filling a hole. Uh, Ozzie Newsom and, and his staff have done a great job over the years. But I have him with DeForest Buckner. I'm I'm not a huge, huge fan. I think there's some deficiencies here, and he has, I'd say, kind of fallen asleep in some games or kind of disappeared. But just the type of size he has, I think that's a player that's perfect for the Ravens. They are, they are intrigued by – moving their defensive pieces around the line and having them playing multiple positions. Uh, you know, Terrell Suggs, T-Sizzle having um, injury problems the last few years. I think they're really lacking a, a pass rush and someone that can even play a disruption in the middle because you can move uh, Buckner all around. So I think Buckner, if not Buckner, uh, Ronnie Stanley's a good fit here, uh, the uh, offensive tackle out of Notre Dame. What's your take here, Zach? Uh, I think I love I like both those I, I really do uh, I think those are and, and most mock draft outlets have the two I I just think of uh, Ozzie Newsom's uh, history. There's no Bama players here to take right here, so you know you know he loves his Bama players. Uh, I would say Ronnie Stanley to me. Um, the, I mean the window is closing offensively for them, and 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 they need to protect Blackland. It's very interesting. I really think Mike Wallace is going to flourish flourish in the offense, but you got to give him time, you know. To, for, for, for Flacco to get the ball down to it. I like the fourth Buckner, and I don't have a problem with him disappearing on tape because Armstead kind of disappeared on tape too, and he was all right. But, you know, like, it's between those two, and I would lean towards Stanley just because I feel like Ozzie Newsom is, is more of a Notre Dame guy. And this is one GM that really shows trends in terms of picking players from schools. And, and if you look at Notre Dame's schedule the last two years, I mean, they play everybody. All right, brings us to seven, San Francisco 49ers. You'd be on the clock. Where are the Niners going? I mean, golf's there. I, I'm a big-time golf fan, so I, I, I say golf all day, all day. Uh, but assuming that golf is off the board, which uh, I think he probably will be, I say I, I think Vernon Hargraves would be would fit a need, uh, and uh, I think he's a, a supremely talented top-ten you know caliber player. Yeah, I think uh, Hargraves makes sense there at seven. I think. If golf is not there, you're probably looking at San Francisco, possibly looking to trade back maybe for some players like a Laquan Treadwell, but probably the first wide receiver off the board. We can get him a little later. Maybe even a Sheldon Rankins. But I think it's golf. But but if not, I think you hit the nail right on the head. I think Hargraves fits perfectly 
uh, with that defense. So, but but golf is, is the slam dunk, and in our in our mock here, he was yet to go off the board. So, golf is a solid seven. Bring us to Philadelphia, and you kind of already alluded to it. I think Ezekiel Elliott. You've uh, Philadelphia has been very very busy in free agency. I think the possibly the look along the, the offensive line, maybe a Ronnie Stanley. Uh, they they like uh, some of the other players, maybe like a Jack Conklin. That maybe if they move back, they can kind of look for some other offensive tackle pieces. But uh, I just think, uh, you know, you've already traded away DeMarco uh, Murray. It looks like Ryan Matthews is still kind of on the trading block, so it really doesn't leave that, that big runner there. And, you know, we, we've seen uh, Doug Peterson, that it's even without Jamal Charles, there were a couple other backs that were able to plug in there, and that's a team that runs the ball just about more than any other in the NFL. I think, uh, you know, assuming Sam Bradford or Chase Daniel, whoever it's going to be, there's going to be a little competition there. I think you're going to need a strong running game, and you said it. Ezekiel Elliott can come in and just uh, blow the doors off it and get uh, 12, 1,300 yards with his eyes closed. So, uh, to me, it's Elliott or an offensive lineman. Uh, your assessment for Philadelphia? Uh, Elliott's there. I mean, uh, he's a he's a, like a slam dunk for a lot of teams. Uh, definitely, the Eagles being one of them. I think Jack Conklin, because in my in my uh, in my mock, I have uh, a Stanley gone, and Conklin's just somebody that you know, you plug right in right away. He's a day one starter. Yeah, I think just the, the question there is he's a day-one starter, is I think, and I, he's got experience on the right and left side, much like Lane Johnson, who is you know, looking like the, the replacement for Jason Peters, who at 34 still plays well, but he's not the Jason Peters of old. So the question would just be, who plays the left? Is it going to be Conklin or, or Johnson? But those are your two bookend tackles of the future, if that's the way they go. So at nine, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are now on the clock, and what do you got, Zach? This one's a uh, uh, very, very interesting to me. Uh, a Treadwell wouldn't be horrible, but I mean, uh, they already got they already got Mike Evans. I think they're going to go up, and I think they're going to get somebody like Mackenzie Alexander. who's going to go a lot higher than people think uh, because he's just a, he's a freak athlete. I, I, I mean, I know, I know they need a cornerback, and in this situation, we got Hargraves off the board, and obviously we have Ramsey off the board, and he, he's number three to me. Well, I think Hargraves, if we have him off the board if, if San Francisco, if golf was already gone. So if golf goes there, I think Hargraves is the slam dunk pick here for Tampa Bay. If not, you know, they, you know, they, they definitely need some, some pass rushers. And I think there could be like a little mini run on maybe some of these uh, defensive ends uh, that they can possibly get after the passer. Um, I think a, a player that kind of fits here, uh, maybe a Shaq Lawson, that could be a, a possibility as well. But, uh, but I've got Hargraves, again, assuming that golf is going to go to San Francisco. So at 10, we're going to go with the Giants. Now, you had Ronnie Stanley going to uh, Baltimore. I have Stanley going here to the Giants, even though I don't think offensive line is their top pick. With my scenario, with him still on the board, uh, I just think that's too big of a value to pass up, and, and the Giants can always look to get a little tougher up front. Maybe some other players uh, like a Shaq Lawson, like a Sheldon Rankins. Again, they kind of like versatility, and there's multiple holes to fill there. Um, are, are probably some of the, the better picks. Maybe even a Ricky Ragland. If he kind of climbs up the board a little bit, that could be a, a team that could use the services of Reggie Ragland and maybe get that first Bama guy off the board. What are you thinking for the New York Giants? Well, I mean, it's apparent they're in win-now mode. Uh, I mean, because Jerry Reese has one more year left. And, and, and free agency, I mean, they, they, they really showed it because they went out and they spent uh, But what made the Giants great and was always made the Giants great is, like you said, versatile defensive linemen. 
So I wouldn't be surprised if it was Shaq Lawson, but don't be surprised if like somehow Noah Spence sneaks up in there. I know he's undersized, but there's always room in the NFL for a talented pass rusher, and that is something uh, Noah Spence is definitely. Absolutely. It's going to bring us outside the top ten to the Chicago Bears, uh, another team that's kind of a going to the 3-4. They've kind of changed their defensive alignment, and they've been pretty active, a lot, a lot more active in free agency than a lot of people foresaw. Uh, the Bears actually being, where do you have the Bears going at number 11? Uh, I think assuming he's still available in my mock, he is DeForest Buckner, just to, to, to play that five technique and the three four for them. I've actually, as, as far as them, this is where I have Shaq Lawson uh, as well. Uh, I think that he's a he's an interesting guy because I think you could bulk him up a little bit and make him an end and, and make him comfortable in a 3-4 or kind of bring him around as an outside linebacker. He's a guy that can probably move around. Uh, but we've got Shaq Lawson there for Chicago. At 12 for New Orleans, maybe not the biggest need, but especially with Marcus Colston starting to slow down, I think you're seeing Brandon Cooks as a good receiver, but maybe not a true number one. So I've got Laquan Treadwell there. Don't uh, You want to keep those, those wide receiver options for these last few years for Drew Brees. Uh, I've got Treadwell going uh, to the New Orleans Saints at 12. How about you, Zach? That's a slam dunk pick if he's there. Uh, if, if it's not him, I could, I could see them going with, uh, with Reggie Ragland. But, uh, I mean, if, if Treadwell was there, they definitely need to do something, you know, to help out. Uh, and, and he would be, he'd be perfect. He played in, I mean, he played in the Sugar Bowl too, you know, so, uh. <laughs> Good point. And at 13, we have Miami. And again, to point out the, uh, uh, the, the deal that we had between the Eagles and the Dolphins, which sent Kiko Alonso and Byron Maxwell to the Dolphins, also, um, resulted in the Eagles and Dolphins swapping places. The Eagles going from 13 to 8, the Dolphins sliding down from 8 to 13. So the Dolphins are on the board now. They've slid down, and who slides to them, Zach? I like the year of William Jackson. That's somebody that uh, I recently watched tape on. And, uh, I, I mean, if they need a corner, then and that's a guy that, that is definitely uh, kind of fits the mold of uh, – I mean, he's, he's big enough. He's six foot. Uh, but if, if it's not him, I think you got to go uh, – Ezekiel's gone. But uh, Zeke would have been nice for sure. I think you go with a wild card right here, and you go with uh, MDJ. Okay. And uh, Jackson, again, just more pass breakups in the last two years than anyone at the uh, the NCAA level. Uh, I, I think that you're, you're putting a lot of stock in uh, Alexander, who I think is, is going to be a first-round pick, maybe not as high. My stock's a little more toward William Jackson being – there always seems to be that one corner that kind of goes about 15 to 20 picks higher than anyone anticipates, and is usually that second or third corner off the board – my money is on William Jackson the third. So it brings us to Oakland at 14. And this is where I took Sheldon Rankins. He's a guy that really made his stock known at the senior bowl. He was just a terror and probably saw his stock go from late round two, early round three, all the way into the middle of the first round. Uh, so Oakland, they were, I think the fact that they get a Bruce, uh, Bruce Irvin coming there. So they needed another pass rushing threat, I think, to kind of protect what they have in Khalil Mack. And that's the way I had them going for the longest time. Now that they kind of added that other piece, I think just getting that versatile lineman is, is what allowed me to actually think that uh, Sheldon Rankins would be the pick. What are you thinking for Oakland? I like that too, and I think they're another team right now that is, is done rebuilding. And this is they need to pick somebody that they need to get somebody that can play right away. 
Uh, and although he might not be a, a schematic fit, I think you get somebody like Leonard Floyd or, or Ogba to rush the passer to really put the team over the edge. That brings us uh, to the double. L.A. Rams. Okay, it sounds a little funny saying that again. L.A. Rams at 15. What do you got here, Zach? Well, I'm tired of seeing Paxton Lynch go there because that's another guy that I think is just straight garbage. Uh, I mean, I watched I watched uh, his combine. I mean, he's got literally no accuracy whatsoever. <laughs> no accuracy. I think you go and you take somebody like Darren Lee that can just step in right where James Laurinaitis left off. Well, it's kind of what I was thinking because in the latest mock, we've actually got Reggie Ragland again with Laurinaitis gone. Yeah, you're, you're kind of one of captain of that defense, and, and Ragland kind of brings that toughness. So that was the thinking there. And at 16 with the Lions, we, you would, we've kind of already talked about him as possibilities other places. But this is where I've got Jack Conklin. I think he's the perfect left tackle. It allows you to move uh, Riley Rice uh, over to the right side, kind of retool that line a little bit for Detroit. Maybe they think Laquan Treadwell, if he's still around. But, again, I don't think he'll be around at this point uh, as the, you know, you want to get someone else there for with, with Megatron uh, hanging him up. But I've got Jack Conklin uh, from Detroit. Uh, going to Detroit at 16. Thoughts for the Lions? I, w- I mean, I, you got to consider a receiver. Marvin Jones is not going to make up for uh, for Megatron. Uh, and if, I, if there's anybody I like that kind of fits the mold of Megatron, and I don't see him in your first round, but it's a guy that kind of solidified how good he was at the uh, combat with Josh Shockson. Oh, he's actually at the top of round two. You are correct. And I think he seems to be over kind of the, the injury bug that kind of played him, plagued him late in the season. I think he's going to go high. He could, he could very well go high. Uh, I, I think maybe in the, the 20 to 25 range we could see him. There's a couple teams there looking for receivers as well. 17, the Atlanta Falcons. What do we like here as we start the back half of round one? Uh, I, 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 a lot of people are taking uh, Darren Lee, uh, and I like that, but Darren Lee's gone. I've always said they need to get another receiver. I don't like to go two receivers in a row. But uh, there's certain players – there's certain receivers in this class that ceiling-wise might not be the highest possible receiver, but guys that could step in right away and play at a very high level, like Michael Thomas, like Will Fuller, and like somebody that I, I haven't been seeing in a lot of first rounds, but like Sterling Shepard. I, I think they got to go. I think they got to go pass rusher. Uh, and if in, That's I know what I did. DJ going earlier, I, I can have them go in DJ, but then I, I'm going to go Ogba. And I, and I have no expense. So you've me- mentioned going a little bit higher. But, again, you pair him with Vic Beasley, who, who they got last year, who definitely shows flashes. And I, I think Beasley's going to be just fine there in Atlanta. Uh, but I think uh, pairing no, putting Noah Spence on the other side there, boy, that's really going to – if that's just pick your poison. If one's not going to get you, you're going to get it from the other side. So, to me, Spence makes a lot of sense. And at 18, uh, with and, and Spence, of course, coming from the Ohio State program before going to Eastern Kentucky. So, staying with the Ohio State team – Indianapolis talking about a, a team that has to keep their quarterback upright. We've seen how Andrew Luck was beat up and the injuries that he went through. Taylor Decker, to me, it makes a lot of sense. If not, it's the only other player I think they, they kind of think about here would be Reggie Ragland if he's still on the board, which, of course, we don't have him on the board. I think Indianapolis still needs to get a little tougher up the middle of that defense. But uh, you've got a guy like Taylor Decker up there with, with the problems you've had protecting the quarterback. It, for me, it's a slam dunk for the Colts. Yeah, that's uh, those exact two. Jarrell uh, uh, Freeman is now Chicago Bear. Two two big needs, uh, and you know me. I, I think I mean I, I watch the Buckeyes very closely. I don't. I I can't even find a mock draft where they don't have the Colts taking Decker. So this is kind of like 
everybody across the board has the Colts yeah. taking Decker. I, I would I would I would go Decker or, or Ragland because they definitely need to address the middle of that defense. And we've talked about how Bosa being so so good and using Elliott the best uh, Buckeye. I would have to say Decker probably the most underrated player on that team to me. And, and you don't hear a lot about him, but an offensive lineman that's a good thing. Uh, a lot of times, the less you hear about him, that just means the better, uh, you know, the, be- the better the job that he's doing. So, uh, 19, the Buffalo Bills. This would be an interesting pick. What do you have? What do you have going on in Buffalo? I, I don't want to. I don't want to go out and get a receiver because I think that's kind of like the last thing they need. I think they want somebody that's that's big and kind of uh, uh, fits the defense and is physical and can play the nickelback because uh, I mean Ronald Darby has really been a really really pleasant surprise. But I think you go Eli Apple here. Eli Apple would be a fit, and and I had them going the other way. I did have them going receiver with Corey Coleman. I think you want someone else there with uh, with Watkins. Now again, Coleman's not the biggest guy out there. There's been some back and forth about the speed numbers. Uh, he did improve them at the pro day, but still wasn't quite what he was looking for. But he was in the four 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 one four four two range. I think he was looking to be in four mid four threes. But I think Coleman's a pick here. And it brings us to the Jets at 20, where I've got Leonard Floyd, uh, especially with, with Todd Bowles there. You, you want that outside pass rush. I, I just think at 20, Floyd is just too good to pass up. If he's still on the board, I think him going to the Jets makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I mean, and he, and he fits the Jets really, really well, too. I think uh, maybe just because it's the Jets, uh, and I still, I still have faith in them as a franchise. And considering they haven't got Fitzpatrick under wraps, Maybe this is the team that makes a huge mistake and takes Paxton Lynch. I, I, I actually hope so because Jets fans are so annoying. So I mean, serves them right. <laughs> well, <laughs> you just got to think. Uh, Bryce Petty's really got to be looking at his chops. He not enough people are talking about him. It's all is are they going to bring Brad? Is this going to be the Fitzpatrick show? Is Geno Smith kind of getting getting back in there? I don't think enough. People no, you're are, absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I about Bryce Petty a lot last year. Yeah, you're right. You're very, very right. And uh, maybe that's why the, they've come to an impasse in the uh, Fitzpatrick negotiations because everyone's mentioning Geno Smith. Uh, but yeah, they, they they do have Bryce Petty still, and and we really he's kind of like the wild card. We don't know much about him. Well, what we do know here is we're getting into the playoff teams at 21. The Washington they're still called the Redskins. At 21, where do you have the Redskins going? I think this is a receiver. Uh, I think right here. And he just seems like a red skin to me. I, I can't quite put my finger on it why. I'm sure there's some explanation. But uh, but I like Will Fuller right here. Hmm. Interesting. I like everything about Will Fuller. That's uh, definitely improved it at the Combine, showing that he has hands, because this is a guy that did not like what I saw on tape. This is a guy that dropped a lot of passes and in some key moments. I can't remember seeing a receiver – it's dropped as many passes, but then yet made so many good catches. Great catches, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot and cold, so you know if he's he's got the right tutelage. I mean, he's definitely got the the physical specimen and and, and the numbers there. But this is where I, I just think going. In, in Washington, you got to have another like a real playmaker. And Michael Thomas is is good. And I, I think Sterling Shepard's the most underrated player in the whole draft, and I think he's ready to play like week one. But uh, the, so they need an X factor. They need something that uh, like somebody that can stretch the field there, somebody that can make plays, and that and that's Will Fuller. I mean, I think he had the most touchdowns in Notre Dame history. You could, would probably know better than I would. I don't know, but that uh, 
Oh, I don't know that one, but that one that could be right. Uh, he's a playmaker. He's again, a, playmaker. a lot of big, a lot of big plays. And I do like the fact that you're so high on Shepard. Him and I like my small school guy here. Uh, I like Paul McRoberts, a Southeast Missouri State wide receiver, another guy I think I've got going in round three, but I think is uh, another wide receiver that I think is vastly, vastly underrated. So, again, I have Namichi here, and we were, we're going to 22 with Houston. This is where I had Darren Lee going. I think that maybe, again, linebacker not the biggest need. Maybe they're looking at running back. Uh, there's been a little bit of Derrick Henry chatter here, but I just think uh, Lee at this point, he's, he's just got the best. Uh, Houston wouldn't be able to pass him up at 22. You know, I agree. I have I have Lee going a little earlier. Uh, but, I, I mean, uh, Lee's would, would be – I mean, that'd be exciting to see that much speed on the, on the one side of the ball. I mean, that would be a fast defense with him and Jadavion Clowney. Uh, Eli Apple's another one that kind of fits the Texans' mold of a big corner. Uh, I don't think they go running back, especially after, after throwing some money to Lamar Miller. I can't remember if they signed a receiver to line up opposite DeAndre Hopkins. I can't remember off the top of my head from free agency. Something's telling me that they did. Uh, but if they if they didn't, Michael Thomas wouldn't be a bad call. He, he compliments uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Well, you already have the playmaker, and that's kind of why I picked uh, Will Fuller for uh, mm-hmm. for Washington. You just need somebody to compliment him, and he's going to get a lot of good looks. Whoever lines up opposite of DeAndre Hopkins is going to get a lot of good looks. There you go. And then a guy that I really like, you got to remember Jalen Strong, who who showed some flashes there. Is, is it going to be enough? I think maybe they kind of play him in the slot as maybe the number three guy and kind of look for that, that number two to complement Hopkins. And I think we're seeing more teams use uh, the bigger receivers in the slot, and I think Strong really, I, I think, responded well when he played there with, uh, with uh, Houston. I think that would be a, a good move there. And you just mentioned Thomas. I'll let you make your pick for Minnesota, but that's where I actually have Michael Thomas going at 23. Your thoughts on the Vikings? I think they're going to go, and it's funny because I, I, was, I was seeing how far you had them go, him slipping. Uh, and you have him slipping to the second round to Minnesota, Von Bell. Uh, uh, perfect Minnesota Viking. If it's not Von Bell, it's, I think it's going to be somebody that uh, is uh, got a lot of PP and, uh, you know, is ready to contribute immediate, immediately, like Shaquille, uh, like Calhoun. I say don't sleep on Calhoun. He didn't test off the charts, but they're on the tape from that guy. I mean, he was, he was prolific the minute he came to uh, East Lansing. All right, good call there. At 24, Cincinnati, we've talked a lot about them, but this is where I had Will Fuller. I think that this is a team that's been desperate looking for some more wide receiver help, or if they, they have some targets, someone always seems to be injured. So I think this seems to be a perfect fit. Again, I'm not quite as high on him. I mean, I, I, all the talent in the world there, but the, the inconsistency on tape has got to scare some people. But I don't think any wide receiver hit has hit more of a home run as far as at the combine and even in the interviews, something that's often overlooked, he apparently has tested very, very well. There were a number of teams that came away very impressed with his overall knowledge of the game and just the way he's handled himself. Uh, I think he, he moved himself up a lot of boards with just the way he handled himself kind of off the field and, and answering questions for teams. Uh, you, uh, I've been waiting for this one all day. This is uh, Cincinnati needs a receiver. I mean, they, I mean, they lost everybody apart from A.J. Green. I know it seems like another heavy receiver around, but this is a, a perfect uh, a Sterling Shepard right here. This is a team that values players with a lot of college experience. Like cut from all the AFC North teams are like this. They really like they really love the Bama players. They really love SEC players, apart from the Browns, and that's why the Browns are the Browns. 
But uh, the the Bengals, the Ravens, and the Steelers—they love their their big time other players from big big time programs, and and Sterling Shepard fits right in and is is a better version of Marvin Jones. Yeah, I think the only way they don't go receiver is if they've got a couple of those good D tackles, maybe some of those Alabama boys we were just talking about, like Ashawn Robinson or a Jaron Reed, maybe to plug in the middle because Cincinnati's getting a little old in the middle of the line. I think that's the only other possibility. 25 and odd number coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So this is this is apt for you. Um, where do you see Pittsburgh going at 25? Uh, I think assuming he's he's available and he is in this is is Ashawn Robinson just to fill a need. But you got some really really uh, excellent athletic linebackers. I mean, Bud Dupree started to show flashes last year. Uh, Harrison's going to be coming back. Uh, hopefully, Jarvis Jones can do something for once. Lawrence Timmons has been consistently the most underrated linebacker, I think, in the NFL. But what made the the linebackers of the early 2000s so dominant was these big space eaters like Brent Kiesel and Casey Hampton. That's what they've been kind of missing. Uh, the guys that are big enough to just give the uh, that eat up blocks and let these ridiculous linebackers run free. And Ashawn Robinson, I mean, fits the mold on so many different levels. Coming from Alabama, being a defensive tackle, they could play the uh, like uh, the nose. So I mean. For me, as a Steeler fan, obviously, I'd like a, a sexier pick like most fans. I'll never argue with a cornerback. Kevin Colbert has never drafted a cornerback. Every single year I could go over the list of people that I've wanted at cornerback, but I've just given up on the, them drafting a cornerback in the first round because whatever they're doing works, and that's not something they do. Uh, so, I mean, I think it's, it's going to be Robinson. You're right, and I'm kind of bucking, bucking the system there. It's where I had Eli Apple. But I think uh, there's a possibility they go somewhere else. There's another player, if he slips into the first round, or maybe they hope for him in round two and trade for him, the Steelers, what I've got, they are extremely high on Kendall Fuller. They love Kendall Fuller. I would um, love that. I can't tell you how much I would love that. Kendall Fuller, I, like, I don't want to say, I would love that. If he, Bloodline, if he slips into the first round, I would say it's it's Pittsburgh or, or maybe even Washington. That's that's uh, Washington, another team, very high on Kendall Fuller, and they seem to have a propensity with drafting from some of the schools that are close to them, and, and Virginia Tech, they've got quite a quite a history with Virginia Tech players uh, in Washington as well. So we've got Eli Apple here, but at 26, Seattle, um, the fact that Russell Okong is gone now as well. I've got the German Afidi, the uh, offensive tackle from Texas a maybe moving up the board a little bit, jumping over a couple of other people. Um, again, it's an offensive tackle somewhere, um, but I think uh, – that, that's the biggest need for me for the Seahawks. What are some other needs you see for the Seahawks, or who do you think could be the pick here? I agree with the tackle. I think it's going to be John Theus. Uh, these are, good luck trying to ever predict who Seattle's going to draft, because I guarantee you it's somebody that uh, is projected in like the third round, whether it be like a James Carpenter or Bruce Irvin. Uh, there's, there's no reason trying to forecast who they're going to pick, because, they're, I mean, they're always going to throw a curveball. But you want to talk about a guy that kind of fits their mentality and, and their type of offense, why not Derrick Henry? Yeah, not a not a bad pick. No, but we're gonna no. keep keep this train rolling at twenty seven with Green Bay. What do you think about the Packers? I, I like I like what you do. I like you you having Reed right here. Um, but I think one of these teams that really has a very bright offensive coach can get creative, and it's it's uh, the next four picks. Even and, and New England included, even though they don't have a pick, but these next four offensive coaches could find a way. And it's probably not going to be Green Bay, so I'll, I'll save it for another one. But uh, 
I'm thinking Braxton Miller at one of these points. They already have Randall Cobb, which is like there's there's a way to really and I I don't want to skip ahead, but I really think uh, for Kansas City, Braxton Miller would be would be like a really excellent fit, and Andy Reid would find really creative ways to use him. And he's only going to get better. This is a guy that like really has barely been playing receiver. But um, yeah, and I got a. And I'd have to look up if this is some kind of record, but I think right now we've got a projected, I think with nine Buckeyes in the top 50 picks, that if that's not a record, it's pretty damn close. Crazy. And then um, if you think about it, Noah Spence should have been a Buckeye, too. Exactly. Yeah, so I mean, that's really, that's really 20% crazy. of the first 50 picks, which is just insane. Uh, but I have Alexander slipping here a little bit, but you think about that. If they're able, just think if that actually comes true. You get Mackenzie Alexander, pair him with Marcus Peters, who I think is already – even after one year, he's probably a top five corner in the NFL. He was far and away the rookie that made so the good. impact. You go with back to our our, our podcast last year. I promise you, you, go back and you say who do you, who do I want the Steelers to get? A lot of the time, uh, yep. I said Marcus Peters because uh, I mean every year. I mean every year, I want a cornerback and every day. And uh, Kansas City didn't look like they were going that direction. I I, I remember making the. Uh, the case, I'm like, look, Andy Reid traveled to his hometown. Andy Reid does not do that scouting people. He was really kind of worried about the off-the-field incidents and what, what happened with him being dismissed in Washington. But he was convinced, and once, once that happened, I was like, this is a slam dunk. He's going to KC. And, boy, what a fit that was. So we've got Arizona. We've got three picks left because, again, we do not have a pick for the uh, deflate gateless New England Patriots. So we'll let you take Arizona here. What do you think? Ooh, this is good. This is a team on the verge of the Super Bowl. And this is a guy that I actually don't mind for uh, – this is a guy I really don't mind at all for for Green Bay. I'm thinking uh, – I'm blanking on his name. Give me a second. Uh, While you're doing that, I'm just going to say this is where I have Sean Robinson falling. I think maybe is the replacement that they've yet to get for Darnell Dockett. Uh, Clive Campbell getting a little bit older. I think Ashawn Robinson still being on the board would make perfect sense for the Cardinals. You know, I, I, I don't agree with They got their pass rusher, and they got a, an elite pass rusher. you got to keep in mind, they're not going to have a second-round pick now, so, I mean, this pick's got to have some impact. But I'm thinking for, for either them or the Packers, Hunter Henry, the tight end out of Arkansas. That was my, that's my wild card here. Very good. Oh, a really good quarterback, a really good quarterback could make this guy really, really excellent and and. Even if you, even if they had tight end depth, which they don't, both these teams have the quarterback that could really turn this guy into. Uh, I hate to keep bringing it back to fantasy, but like this is a guy that could be like a, a easily a top ten fantasy tight end. And with Green Bay, it makes a lot of sense. Not only with what Hunter Henry could do, but what it does for Richard Rodgers, because I think maybe not the greatest number one guy, but we've seen he's got some talent. But imagine Rodgers as a two, as kind of like the number two tight end and. Green Bay likes to run a, a lot of two tight end sets. I think Rodgers could, could, even if they picked him, I think Rodgers' numbers would actually benefit. I think it would go up with another tight end there. So I think uh, yeah. it's one of those rare cases where the starter's like, yay, this is going to be wonderful, draft another tight end, and his numbers actually go up. I could see uh, that being just one of the one-two punches in the NFL with, with Rodgers and Henry, 1A and 1B. Good quarterbacks love tight ends. Look at Martellus Bennett, you know, teaming up with Gronkowski. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to go Carolina Panthers here, and he slid a little bit, but this is where I've got Emmanuel Ogba. I think that Carolina wants to just keep replenishing those defensive ends. We saw what Coney Ely did uh, in the Super Bowl, and I think in this 
scenario. Ogba falls a little bit. Maybe a Kevin Dodd, someone, someone close there from, from Clemson. You know, really only one year of productivity, but uh, he led the nation in tackles for loss last year. He would make per. I, I think it's one of those two guys, possibly a, an offensive lineman. And you brought up John Theus, who I think is a, a, a riser. And if there's one team that seems to really like him, it's the Panthers. So he could be one of those surprise, ooh, look who just got into round one picks. I could see Theus going to the Panthers as well. That's a good call. That's a really good call. I like what you said about Dodd. I like Dodd. I don't. I don't mind Sheldon Bay. Uh, then I, I know I said him already, but it was kind of you know iffy. A lot of mock drafts also had him going. Uh, Derrick Henry because he he fits what they want to do. Uh, and the Super Bowl, they just couldn't run the ball. If they can't run the ball, they're not that good of a team. Cam's excellent, and the, and we'll have Kelvin Benjamin back next year. But their whole persona is around running the ball, and it's a two running back league. And, I mean, Jonathan Stewart's not getting any younger. That's a bruising Absolutely. team. I mean, that is a bruising, bruising team. He's a lot older than and, people realize. It's just he's been around the, the league and doesn't have the, the mileage on the tires because Angelo Williams took the bulk of the carry for many of those years. But he's not a spring chicken, kind of kind of similar to the Michael Turner situation when he really got going and he fizzled out pretty quickly because he wasn't Yeah, yeah, man. yeah. He's not old. I mean, he's not young. I mean, he's been in the league a very, very long time. He's probably like a eight yeah. veteran. Well, that brings us to our yeah. Super Bowl champs. Super Bowl champion Denver Broncos, what do you do, Zach? Well, you almost can't even argue with what you have because you get the carbon copy of Brock Osweiler. Uh, and that's the best case scenario for Paxton Lynch. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm just looking at your uh, your mock. Uh, I, I I was watching and I was like shocked. He's the guy that just has to be feeling it in the game because this guy. Was, I was watching him in drills and like he is just he's got no accuracy whatsoever. It's 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 sad almost. It was it was painful for me to watch it. Uh, him at the combine. Um, but this is a, an interesting one. You know that they're going to have to go quarterback eventually. There's probably not a quarterback. I mean, I really hope that somebody doesn't make a mistake and draft uh, uh, Hackenberg. Uh, I think this one this one's tricky for me. I mean, I really don't know because I mean, they have such a good team and they and they and they so desperately need a quarterback. Yeah, and I think the other scenario that I had for the longest time here was I had Sean Coleman, the tackle out of Auburn, who they really seemed to like. His injury problems that he had suffered apparently it's not as bad as Jalen Smith, but apparently. Injury's a little worse than with Coleman and kind of had some, some nagging ankle problems, problems with the knee. Probably going to push him down into the later stages of round two, maybe even around three. And it's a shame because he looked like a slam dunk. He just looked like a Bronco-type player. And I think now that they've addressed that with, uh, with the Okong situation, so they probably don't go there or look for him. But for the longest time, I had him, him going there. But... Is it possible that maybe Derrick Henry winds up here, even with C.J. Anderson back in the fold? That would be a pretty pretty darn good one-two punch. That could really throw a wrench, uh, kind of a monkey wrench for a lot of people. And I think that wouldn't be a bad pick. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. And C.J. Anderson's not like a, a le- like a legitimate superstar by any means. So it's not like, you know, you're – I mean, he's going to hold the backfield down. He didn't even hold the backfield down this year. Uh, he just came on strong late in the year, and it kind of fits their personality. I mean, they have such a good defense – uh, somebody I think that you could you could throw in and and can manage a game because the, let's get it straight the the quarterback for Denver just has to be a game manager I mean Peyton Manning looked like a 60 year old man and he took him to the Super Bowl Connor Cook is another quarterback I mean I take Connor Cook any day over Paxton Lynch but that's a guy that you could to come in and compete with Mark Sanchez right away absolutely and I do want to bring Hunter Henry possibly makes sense here maybe a, an offense 
not as tailor made for him, but again, there is a need there. Uh, for yeah, and I and I also end. wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised because uh, it's, it's the people say oh well they they can win another Super Bowl maybe the, the window is closing but when your quarterback retires I mean you're gonna be you're gonna take a step back no matter how ineffective he was when he was playing maybe this is a a, a team that can afford to take a risk uh, and you know if somebody ballsy enough to do it is John Elliott maybe they say Jalen Smith. So, so when Demarcus Ware is ready, or if uh, something doesn't work out with Von Miller, you know they got an insurance policy. Oh. And I mean, he's he's that's somebody that yeah, it might not work out, uh, but it might work out big time. Set him for the year, you know. I mean, they're, they're, I they they really don't need another pass rusher. That's a, that's a good thought. And the only other thing I would say here is possibly we could see a safety here. You brought up Von Bell, maybe even Carl Joseph. I think he's he's moving up here. He's kind of reminiscent of. Um, uh, Demarius Randall, when he made his late kind of surge and moved into the first round with Green Bay, I, I would not be surprised if we see that from Carl Joseph from West Virginia. So maybe one of those two safeties could be a, a little bit more of a luxury pick as well. They're, they're kind of set back there, but again, the depth is really lacking. They could be just an injury away from really having a problem there and getting an elite safety, especially if no safeties are off the board. That's another possibility. Why not take the the best one out good, there? So there's a me, lot of good safeties that you could probably get in the second, third round too. You know, like there and then late first. Curse, Powell. Uh, I like Jeremy Cash. I mean, I know he's probably not equipped for this NFL, and he, maybe he's the type of guy that you take like Buchanan and convert him to linebacker. That guy's just a football player. Agreed. Well, I think we've done a pretty good job going through round one. There's going to be more to come. We'll, we'll take some more emails. We're, there's going to be a lot of podcasts. Maybe some more that are directed more toward individual positions. But I think we've made a good start here as we make the push. We're just 38 days away, Zach. Oh, you can almost smell I know. I'm so excited. I'm so pumped. So pumped. I'd be so happy with Kendall Fuller. I mean, I'd be happy with any quarterback. But <laughs> Well, parting thoughts. Any, any last kind of words or last thoughts that you want to leave us with before we end the podcast? Uh, just, to, just to touch on it, you know, because – if anybody stayed on this long, they're probably going to listen to the end anyways. But uh, who you got an attorney? Well, I am a Tar Heel fan, so I had That's to play Homer. And not only am I going to be a Homer, but um, I will be there in Philadelphia, being that I live in Pennsylvania. Knew they were going to the, the East and have have the pass, so I was just hoping that they would make at least the Sweet 16 and not suffer any of the, the upsets that we saw. And uh, I will be there, have the three-day pass for um, – and uh, this is a good thing because I, even though being a football person, probably the greatest what went down a sports moment, and being a Carolina person, you know, I, I hate the D word that rhymes with a P. But when I was in 11th grade, I kind of cut work, went to, uh, went to uh, New Jersey, and I was there for the Christian Leitner Grant Hill baseball pass, and it was one of the worst things I'd ever seen. But now I can say I was actually there. I got in a lot of trouble at work because I was so pumped and had to tell so many people. I kind of called out and played hooky, and then I kind of got found out, and I think I got docked a couple days' pay or something. But it's totally worth it now, like 20-some years later. Yeah, that's what you get. That's, that's the last time like I was <laughs> at a tournament game this late. So I'm looking forward to it. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping my Tar Heels – so I, I went totally homer, and uh, I had my, my final – actually, as uh, North Carolina over Oklahoma. Who do you have in your bracket? You want to hear something hilarious? Are you ready for this? So I did, I did a bracket, and there's 45 people in the bracket, and I was the only person that took North Carolina to win it. Isn't that just like an anomaly? That is amazing. And guess who I have to be in the final? 
hopefully not the D word. Oklahoma. Oklahoma? Yeah, me yeah. and you, two birds of a feather. My bracket would be so good right now because my if it wasn't for and I had Michigan State losing, but I had Seton Hall going to the Elite Eight and eventually losing to Virginia. And I was I was piping, I was talking so much shit about how good Seton Hall was and how good Isaiah Whitehead was. And then you look at the NBA mock drafts, so nobody mentions him. He just he did not come to play. Uh, but other than that, I mean, my bracket looks good, really good. Yeah, I had a couple of the. Uh... The picks. Uh, the only real sleeper I had in the Sweet 16, I had South Dakota State, and they kind of let me down. And they came back late, made a game of it with Maryland, but I did have Yale. So there were, I mean, there were a couple. Uh, did have Stephen F. Austin. Those were really the only two that I, and I, I took a couple others, but uh, only really hit on two of the upsets. But you now I have it 81-75, Tar Heels over Sooners. Um, but really, if you would have asked me if I wasn't going to be a homer, I probably would have taken Michigan State. So that would. <laughs> That would have been embarrassing for me. So, yeah, that would have been that would have been rough. Uh, the more I watch Buddy Heald, the more I think that he's good enough to, uh, you know, to pull a, a Kemba Walker or, or a Shabazz and just catch Ooh. fire and be and be unbeatable. Uh, and that's why I like the Oklahoma. And I also love that color contrast, Oklahoma. But I'm saying also don't sleep on Duke as much as you probably hate Duke. Uh, Duke, Duke, I think you know definitely has the uh, the team to make some noise. As much as I do dislike them, um, I would say if I had the number one pick, I would not go Simmons. I would go Ingram and let him fill out and get an NBA body. I'll I'll be the first on record to say it. No, I agree with you. I don't Brandon like Simmons. Ingram. There's just something about him. I don't like him one bit. He's just too Michael Beasley for me. Sorry. Um, I think he'll be a good player, just not a great player. I think Ingram's the – I think this is a good, a deeper draft on the NBA side, but I don't see the – even though Ingram going number one, I don't see him as a world beater. I don't see him as a – one to really, really be excited about, but I, I think he's the best player available. I will. I, I will think, honest, uh, yeah, I, I, agree with you. I agree with you 100 All right. And I, also, and I also think that uh, I hope the Knicks, uh, you know, get the third or fourth picks. I would love Buddy Hield. Um, I know Buddy Hield's old and the ceiling's not as high, but in college basketball, he's the best player. I'm not saying he's the best to translate to the pros, but, I mean, in college basketball, it's just not even that close to me. He's so good. I don't know if he's really the oldest, though, because to me, Perry Ellis has looked like he's – 40 and been, should be using Rogaine for since like his sophomore year, but it seems like he's been there yeah. for eight years. Uh, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, I was looking at him the other day, and I mean, he 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 looks legitimately 42. <laughs> like not even good for 42. Like he's been smoking his whole life. You know, <laughs> <laughs> crazy. I thought we, Odin. I thought Odin looked old. That's hilarious. Yeah, we've uh, kind of kind of a uh, reverse Benjamin Button going on there. Hit on Stephen F. Austin. You know, like the, the, it looks like Conor McGregor. I wonder if he'll get drafted. <laughs> yeah, the Viking, yeah. I I just yeah. was wondering if maybe he took up cartography and is looking for some uncharted lands for his Nordic. Yeah, yeah, like Leif Erikson. Yeah, yeah. Are <laughs> <laughs> you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. He, he's a, he is a unique-looking fellow. <laughs> but we were going to have to do some basketball at some point, but this, this was good. Great podcast. We look forward to seeing everybody soon. Keep the questions coming. Thank you very much for joining us, Zach. Look forward to speaking to you soon, buddy. All right. Talk.